Hello and welcome back to What's Your Bliss. My name is Thomas Ragland and I'm really excited to be coming to you again for this week. We have an awesome guest today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, today's guest is Dom Brightman. Um, I'm really excited uh, to meet with Dom. Dom is uh, an award-winning speaker and certified member of the John Maxwell team, best-selling author of Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself, Stay the Course, The Elite Performer's Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success, and a contributing author for Crappy to Happy, Sacred Stories of Transformational Joy. Uh, Dom also hosts the Going North podcast, a top-rated self-help podcast that interviews authors from all over the world. Dom, welcome. What's your bliss? Man, my bliss, man. Bliss is freaking joy, man. It's like a banana wearing a pair of stilettos, man. That's my, I'm his best switch. That's not my <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not high heel wearing fruit, but it's my life mantra, advance others to advance yourself, because I'm all about advancing others in life, because that's really how we all really have the best life that we can, because we came here through other people, and that's how we really truly live is through the power of community and just helping others and us others helping us and just standing on the shoulders of giants that's really what my life bliss is all about just advancing others to advance myself that's amazing can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be for you how did you figure that out as your mantra how do you live by that currently and you know uh what applications do you have for your life how does that show up in your everyday life yeah, sure thing. So there's this wonderful legendary speaker by the name of Zig Ziglar. He had this super special, awesome quote that if you help enough people get what they want, you'll in turn get what you want. Because he had a sales background. He's a motivational legend and heck, even from a magical ancient book called the Bible or the Bible, <laughs> it even mentioned like Christ himself mentioned how you should love others the same way you love yourself and the church, quote unquote. And just those two wonderful things just combined together along with this wonderful, powerful book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. It had a couple chapters, and one of them was called The Advancing Man Philosophy. And it mentions how those who advance are those that overfill the place where they currently are in. And when they're going out and networking other people, they see how they can help other people and not giving no thought to their own business, but how they can help others in business. And it just led to that one phrase all together, those three separate thoughts together into the mantra, advance others to advance yourself. And how that applies to my current life, that led to me because really personal development, like back in 2012 where we thought the world was going to end and all that really happened is that yeah. the world, the folks in the U.S. of A. lost Twinkies for a month, <laughs> is that I found personal development. <laughs> yeah. And... And funny enough, I'm not even a fan of Twinkies, but I just like saying that because it's hilarious. <laughs> it's a good fact. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Exactly. It's like these all, all these end-of-world prophecies are freaking entertaining. I got to tell you what, definitely. It's like, oh, the world's going to die. Like, okay. All right. So I'll take a number five with fries. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so found personal development and great authors like John Maxwell, Brian Tracy, and countless others. And reading their works, applying it to my own life and just using that to transform myself from a regular old introvert to an extroverted introvert, a.k.a. ambivert, and just learning to walk slowly through the crowd when out and about in the B.C. era before COVID, and just really just learning about other people, helping other people, learning how to win friends and influence people, and 
advancing in leadership because those books in turn helped me to change my personality and become better as a person to eventually get promoted at my day job at the library where I was a part-time employee who recently got an IT degree at that time a few years ago and then getting promoted because they noticed the change in the personality. I worked extra harder than usual and customers are loving me and I was doing great things. I was overfilling my place. I was basically making sure I was doing 10 times more than what I was doing before. And that's really what the advancing man is all about, just learning from other people, helping other people, and doing so much of that that you eventually overfill where you currently are. And all that overfilling through that action led through led to publishing multiple books and learning from other people. And eventually, like, hey, it's just really just a growth journey that's continuously growing, moving, and shaking. That's awesome, truly. Um, I think to have, it sounds like a lot of different sources and some good life experience that rewarded that thought as well. Um, this idea of being able to really push others and and find kind of their strengths was, it, it created a strength in you. And it sounds like that's been pretty prevalent, really, I mean, it, certainly in the last 10 years for you. I'm curious if um, there was kind of one moment where you did something very specific for somebody that really jumped out of like, hey, that's that's helping both of us here. Ah, yes, helping both of us. Like, that is really powerful. And one of them in particular was when, <laughs> man, it's actually when my first book launched when I did my first ever book signing at my church and I sold over 100 copies of my book and then thinking my home field advantage was going to go everywhere. Like, yay, a young guy with a book. It's thin. I'll read the book. And I went to this wonderful barrel of book festival. And mistake number one, even though I still had a nice vending table and I paid for it, I got it there on a Friday all day when most people were at work. Again, BC before COVID. And then only selling four books that day and doing a book swap with another author. And little did I know, four months later, I was invited later back to speak at her Martin Luther King Day breakfast for her kids for Positive Youth Expressions out in Baltimore, Maryland, because we did a book swap. Like, hey, she got the content. She asked, hey, if I did seminars and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, sure, I do that. And she invited me there to speak, and I got an honorarium that basically paid for what I lost a few months earlier. And it's just to reaffirm that, hey, the long game is really where you have to focus on. It's like short-term gains, gains are great. We all like them, but you have to always focus on the payoff. Focus on what's ahead of time. And really just putting yourself out there in the mix for that opportunity to show up. So that way, when it knocks, you can open the door and if the door doesn't show up, find a door and just bust your way in it. Metaphorically speaking, don't actually bust to someone's house. That that, that, that won't end well for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man. laughs> well, one of the things that's really come through in just our brief conversation, but also in, in all of the stuff that I was reading and, and listening to a couple of episodes of your podcast as well, is this kind of overwhelming positivity. Has that been something you mentioned being um, an introvert prior um, as someone who also can be both um, at times? Um, I know that, you know, that that really shows up in different ways. But I'm curious, from the from the positivity standpoint, has that been something that's that's always prevailed in your life, um, or or how has that developed for you? Um, and, and what's that kind of how has that evolved over time for you? 
Well, it's definitely evolved over time because my upbringing, it wasn't dark or anything like that. It was a raised in a nice conservative Christian household, which I love two wonderful parents. Father, he served in World War II as an 82nd Airborne Division paratrooper. My mom, she got a master's degree in psychology and well-educated, well-spoken individual and responsible for me when I'm communicating on microphones today. And having those two wonderful experiences, that gave my older brother at the time too, was a great influence, busy playing around with him and all that good stuff. I had the great environment. It's just that sometimes I just was a little too shy. It's just because a lot, of, a lot of times, especially growing up, they're like, "Hey, don't talk to strangers. Like, watch out for strangers." But hey, these folks at church, feel free to shake their hand and whatnot. Okay, that, okay, uh, they're they're kind of strange <laughs> yeah. to me, but all right, I'll go with it. And just being slow at making friends. Heck, even growing up, like one of my now lifetime buddies actually invited me to sit at his table with his friends because I was sitting alone as the new kid first day of school this was like my god wow 15 plus years ago and just being able to be with them guys helped me to really get closer and closer to getting out my show and feeling more confident that I can actually communicate with other people and that's really another principle for life is like hey if I show you your friends I show your future like my friends they were agreed ahead of me and they could give me advice on what to avoid what to watch out for and the best thing to do is try to get yourself ahead here and that then even years down the road being able to do the same for other kids growing up and then even in young adulthood after finding personal development it helped me to come out of my shell and just taking my regular self who's usually silly and playful with the select few of people and usually kind of like the stern stalwart kind of like the classic British soldier who doesn't move a muscle it doesn't smile at all and if you drop kick him he still won't move because he's a freaking rock like basically taking that personality and shifting them and making sure that I'm still that serious with myself because it's good to have some discipline in life because that'll equal more freedom in your life because you're focusing on the payoff but on the outside being more affable and being able to communicate with other people I'm going to realize, wow, I could be a people person and the positivity develops. And being able to be affable, you have to also be an encourager. Like being a great encourager because if someone's living and breathing, they need encouragement. And just finding out that quote, that life philosophy and doing it with what I do on the daily, it became stronger because even though I had the great upbringing and everything like that, there are times where it had to be tested. That's the other thing about positivity and optimism. The great thing about positivity and optimism, you feel great. People like being around you for the most part, for the most part. They may hate it on the outside, but on the inside, they really enjoy it because I can be sometimes a little annoying to the folks like, oh, God, is he really that happy all the time? Heck, even on the day job, sometimes people be like, oh, man, I bet you ain't happy today. Did you see the news today? I'm like, dude, I don't watch the freaking news. <laughs> like, screw that crap. Right. <laughs> Tried to say happy. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Especially since the old school way of saying TV is television programming. That's what it originally was called, television programming. It's really trying to program your mind to think in a certain way when the actual earth is really moving in a certain way. Yeah. And really just the year of 2012 with that setback leading me to find personal professional development. Heck, even down the road when I was advancing in leadership, and I'd also be a caregiver for my dying father. That helped me to realize that even though I have this positive mental attitude, 
it was masking certain other things because shortly after his death, I realized, oh shoot, the personal is showing up in the professional life. And heck, like that's one thing people need to keep in mind is that whatever's going on in the inside is going to seep out into the outside in multiple ways. And you may think you may be cloaking yourself. We all wear masks, but folks can see behind the mask, especially nowadays where people have BS detectors disguised as invisible bunny ears that could check out. It's like, oh, this person's probably lying. Oh, they got a bunch of social media files. I bet their life freaking sucks. Like, they're just having a curated feed out here. And just realizing that, really, positivity is great, but it's greater when it's tested and you actually live through life because life is going to hit you, like, life's going to hit you in the face. Like the classic Mike Tyson quote, we all have a plan until we get pushed in the face. Like, I, I can read the books, I can listen to the audio stuff, I can keep my eyes in front of great things that'll keep me positive and keep encouraging other people. But I have to also to remember to encourage myself mm. and continue to encourage other people and making sure I give myself time to actually recover from being around people and still keep a sense of reality and not see everything as a giant flower garden where there's no weeds. So that's really how it's really developed over the years is just living through life, going through those things doing some self-reflection, and just focusing on the payoff. That authenticity, right? That authenticity is so important, and it's so it's so needed. Even if you're a positive person, it doesn't mean that you don't ever go through anything. It means that you are able to potentially see outcomes that maybe other people are not able to. It means that you are able to look at it in a way that might help you move through something faster or or find places to unload that in healthy ways but it doesn't mean that you never go through anything that that authenticity for who you are you know it, it has to remain the same um so i really appreciate that and i appreciate the the detail that you that you went through i'm curious if there's ever been a point where the you know in just thinking specifically on advancing others to advance yourself has there ever been a point where you felt like you were really trying to do that or you were you were really engaged in something trying to help other people and it it backfired or it didn't go the way you were thinking it, 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 and you know kind of what you learned from that as i think about that question i really can't recall a time where it may have really backfired i mean the only time i can think of is when I basically recorded a podcast episode with somebody and I was taking too long because, well, I'm book solid on average. <laughs> like on average, what's a three months at a time? So a month later, as I was just looking up my podcast every now and then to see if any new platform places is hosting the show, I find my podcast uploaded by a particular guest and like, hey, they listed the podcast episode and everything like that. I'm like, oh, well. It's like, do I reach out to this person and say, hey, take it down, or do I just brush it off? And I just decided, you know what? I think I'm just going to brush it off because it's yeah. not that big of a deal. Because at the end of the day, even though it's my show, he was still the guest, and it was basically our content. He just wanted to put it out ahead of time. So I'm like, oh, whatever. And it didn't even affect anything, to be honest. Sure. It's like just focusing, again, focusing on the payoff, like focusing on the long game. It's like, at the end of the day, it's just, another piece of content for him to have another piece of content for me to have and it was just a team effort and it's like okay it's not that big of a deal i'll just keep that up and just let it go now granted in the future it's like hey it might be like hey like dude don't release it 
or whatever. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> They'll be all right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I, I, I certainly appreciate that. I am, I'm on the subject of podcasting and, and on reading. I want to talk uh, specifically about your own book, um, books, actually, plural, um, but specifically your first book in, in just a second. But first, before that, you know, how how did you come to view reading and and podcasting as ways to not only advance others, but advance yourself and what inspires you to and what inspired you to become such a voracious reader? Ah, sure thing. So books kind of similar to earlier is like the wonderful thing about books is the fact that they're basically wonderful packages, low cost package investments that people have put time, effort and research into that some people may take maybe 20, 50 years of research and knowledge into a small package that's maybe $25, $30 for you to consume and learn from that you can get from that'll advance you further in life. And the wonderful thing about a book is, heck, even, <laughs> remember one preacher said one time, uh, I write books to argue my point without having to hear the other person speak. Because of... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Now, granted, that's not the philosophy I take with my books because I'm not trying to argue with anybody because that's yeah. a waste of time. But another thing about books is that they can go where you yourself cannot go. Like mm. a lot of, like heck, even a lot of successful folks, they keep books all over their homes. Like even if they're not even, not even, even if they didn't finish them all, just being around the books gives you that aura of, hey, I have a higher IQ level here. I, I feel like a really extra intelligent person here because I have all these books around me. And some folks may even take the books into the bathroom and read it and learn from it because, to be honest, heck, even sometimes folks may do that because, like, that's quality thinking time. Heck, even having a thinking share and learning from those wonderful books and podcasting is basically books on another level to get that surface level of thought where you can really get that meat sometimes and then just really throw away the bones a short amount of time because with the podcast, you can speed it up. And you can even slow it down if the person's talking fast. So podcasts are faster than books. So basically, those two ways of delivering content out into the world and those two ways of you receiving it through the reading and the audio and the visual is the fact that it helps you to really just advance others because like podcasting, this wonderful conversation we're having today. And thanks again for the invite and allow me on your show to talk about bliss is the fact that your content today can be someone's bliss for tomorrow and forevermore because some of the books I've read in the past those men and women are no longer with us in this form in the human form but they're derivatives their content they left that behind for folks to learn from and to gain from heck even one of the best-selling books of all time heck even some call it the entrepreneurial's bible they can grow rich a book that was basically all research from one guy like he didn't live a lot of that stuff until after the book was published, just attesting to prove the theory after putting it all together. And he died I probably like 80 years ago now almost. And folks are still buying that book today. They're still learning, growing, and gaining from that today. So advancing others to advance yourself is my form of bliss because someone's work from the past helps me to advance in the future. And we all should try to aim to make this world a better place. And that's a way for us to continue to really bring more bliss into the wonderful planet of Earth. Absolutely. 
Yeah, one of the things that I, I, I mean, I can concur with all of that. But one of the things that stood out to me for, for and it, I think it stands out in both podcasting and, and reading, as you're mentioning, like you can have content that is evergreen. And I think mm-hmm. that that's like some true, like when you think of artistry, that's something that's, I think, really important to me. And the reason that I chose to do this specific style of podcast, talking about bliss, things that, again, can be evergreen for people to use today, tomorrow, 20 years from now, hopefully. Um, yeah, th- those are all things that, that are super important to me. I want to talk to you about you uh, writing your own book and publishing it at 23 years old, uh, which is wild to me <laughs> uh, and, and truly amazing. Um, and and for it to be really, I think, uh, people throw around the, the term wise beyond your years, but I think the idea of doing uh, you know, kind of self enlightenment and 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 helping others at such a young age. What brought that on? You've talked a little bit about your inspiration and in, in some of your own um, kind of research and and things that were going on for you, kind of in that time. But but what prompted the book? What? How did that come to be? Ah, uh, yes. The quick answer: It was written on a dare. Funny enough, it was actually written <laughs> on a dare. <laughs> <laughs> and the expanded answer: It really started. I'd say. Back in 2014, because I went to this wonderful Toastmasters meeting, met this wonderful guy, Daniel Alley. He gave this wonderful presentation called How to Act Like a Leader. And after he was done speaking, when the meeting was over, he was selling his books. And he had his girlfriend handling all that good stuff of like taking the payments, everything like that. He signed the book afterwards. And I was as, as I was reading the book, after hearing him speak, the same stuff he was writing about was the same things that I was reading about. And a couple years later... Uh, excuse me. I read a book called The Magic of Getting What You Want by David Schwartz, the same guy who wrote the book called The Magic of Thinking Big. And in that book, he mentioned the activity of writing your own personal obituary. And in the obituary, I wrote down I was going to be a best-selling author of multiple books and a bunch of other stuff. And a few months later, the door to that opportunity to, to fulfilling a part of that obituary came to fruition because I was handing out these wonderful lists of people known as the 100 books or dynamic living because I wanted to set myself apart because everybody, especially <laughs> in the good old days, as I called, even though it was only three years ago, <laughs> business cards. <laughs> no, right. It's kind, of, it's kind of funny we could call them the good old days, even though we're all young here. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, we went through a whole decade and 12 months here. What the hell? But um, instead of panning out, business cards and just letting them go to the wonderful graveyard or trash can that they may end up a lot of them end up in is that aside to set myself apart and give out reading lists to people because folks in business love to read those who want to grow and advance in life they love to read and one lady handed this list out to at a toastmasters conference she looked at the list looked right back at me looked at the list or right back at me and asked me where the heck was my name on this list and i'm like well, looking back on it, I'm like, man, that would have been hella clever too. But looking back on it even more, it was it was not only clever, but more importantly, she saw the riches within myself that I didn't see yet. Now, mind you, this is after I wrote I was going to be a best-selling author in that darn obituary. And she was like, hey, why don't you write a book? And I was like, nah, I think I'm good. I'm not going to do it. And then she even doubled down on it and said, hey, why don't we both write books a year <laughs> from today? And I'm like, wow, that sounds freaking cool, but you're too freaking intense, woman. I'm out of here. 
yeah, and uh, a couple days later, some soul searching happened. Talked with a buddy of mine about it, and I realized, you know what? I said I was going to do this thing for myself. This was something spiritual, something serendipitous. Like synchronicity, all the wonderful woo-woo, law of attraction, magnetism, goodness all came together to realize, wait, this is something to push me further ahead. So even though we didn't shake on it, and she thought I was a, probably a coward and a crazy dude that might have been trying to flirt with her, like... Uh, I still took her on that dare, and a year later, when we had a, another conference, I was able to see her again, and I handed her a copy of the book, and she was like, whoa, you actually did it. Like, this is freaking awesome. And it was just that, really, just that amazing moment. And it, it was a lot of, well, there were some setbacks, but they they came with book two. <laughs> more more than not, opposed to book one. Book one, it was like, okay, I had the model. I heard the guy speak a couple years ago, hired him as a coach, and I learned from him and saw that it was a lot. It's so easy to put a book out nowadays. You can put crap out there, and, well, we, we probably both know you can put crap out there so easily. And I, I didn't want to put crap out there, but I'm like, it's so easy to do it, and I ended up doing it. So that's really how it really came to be is that it was just really taking up someone on a challenge on a dare and just taking that magical intentional action. That's awesome. What um, I'm I'm just curious, I'm always curious about this. What prompted the title uh, "Going North," and which is obviously also the title of your podcast? Oh yeah, has anyone ever asked you before? How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, since you're a wonderful dad, I'm sure you're a fan of puns and just torturing your family with wonderful puns and dad always. jokes. Always. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one day when my colleague asked me that, I was like, uh, you know what? I'm going north. That's that's mm. how's it going. <laughs> All right. Yeah, good good times. No, but, I, but I, I mean, I I love that. I love that it was just kind of this uh, almost a throwaway, but uh, that it really it does symbolize right that idea of moving forward, that idea of moving towards the top. Really, if you think of it in, in a compass term, right? Um, and, and so I really uh, I, I really um, I resonate with that because I think that it's 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 really really awesome and, and your story is amazing too. I love that it started almost as um, not not even just a dare, but like a again almost a throwaway conversation of like, well, we could do this. Why don't you do this? And you kind of took it and ran with it, um, but didn't just produce something to produce something. You really thought about it. You put in the time and effort. You sought out guidance and assistance, and I think that that's uh, truly awesome. Um, Switching gears just slightly, I wanted to ask you just kind of um, historical or historically I, I, in on our podcast, I try to bring in some historical and societal significance and specifically like kind of how, how this matches to kind of either what we're seeing in the world or what we've seen in the world. And I'm curious if you have historical uh, inspirations or thoughts from historical figures or historical writers that have influenced either uh, the way that you write or or your mantra itself. What does that look like? I know we talked a little bit about, you know, some uh, specific uh, authors and things like that, but I'm curious if there are other specific people that, that really kind of influence that for you. Huh, off the top of my head, that might be the oldest influence, Walls D. Waddles, because that book itself, I believe it was published in the 1920s, maybe even right. sooner. Heck, even another influence of mine and funny enough, I learned about this guy through Joe Vitale, a guy named by the name of Bruce Barton, who was actually a millionaire right before the Great Depression. And he actually 
if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, he actually survived the Great Depression and got even richer because of it, because he actually talked about the business that nobody knows. Heck, he even has a book out there called, actually, quite a few, actually. Like, one of them is called The Man That Nobody Knows. And that's a wonderful book that's 120 pages where it talks about Jesus from the perspective as a businessman, not just the healer and the spiritual historical figure that folks like to always use him for, like just seeing him as a businessman because he had a tax collector, Judas, even though he betrayed him later, like he had that guy with him. And... Like most tax collectors would. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Quite fitting as tax season we're recording this too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Today's tax day, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that was too perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah, he had a treasurer, he had a tax collector. Like, he also made sure he, and he paid his taxes. Like, when some dude was like, hey, so you come to rule the world, huh? Like, uh, not, not this world. My kingdom's in heaven. And like, so what do you think about Caesar and his money? And do you think we should pay Caesar? And he's like, hey, render things to Caesar what belong to Caesar. And some random fish just popped up with a coin in it and just paid it to whoever he needed it and he also garnered attention too because that's the thing about those in business you got to get attention on your product like heck even AIDA if I'm not mistaken attention and well I'll have to look that acronym <laughs> up later but yeah just really have to get attention on your business and also just that wonderful book heck even the book the man that nobody knows and it led to this wonderful philosophy like a I probably listed like five book titles so far. So here's a couple more. So the, first, so the first one is going to be Joe Vitale's The Seven Lost Secrets of Success. That's what led me to the Bruce Barden story because he talks about the business that nobody knows. And that's the business of immortality that everyone knows about nowadays because of Amazon mainly allowing everybody to publish their own work to create hmm. their own piece of immortality. And that's probably the first and main historical figure that pops in to my mind in terms of something for inspiration because when it the, when I heard the story in the background of Bruce Barton how he basically created a piece of immortality of himself through his writings that's still being sold today is the fact that that's really what I aim to do is to create my own piece of immortality and encourage, inspire, and equip others to also create their own piece of immortality as well. So that's a little historical figure <laughs> for the show of follow your bliss <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i i uh, wouldn't have thought bruce barton but it makes a lot of sense in the way that you um explained it i'm actually i'm going to check some of that out now because that sounds absolutely fascinating like the idea of jesus as a uh, as a business person um which yeah like you said if it, it makes sense if you look at not only the the time that he was in but the people that he was around and how to you know when we're thinking about to, to go back to another business term like branding right you want yeah. people on your side that also understand that that piece of it i'm curious this is a this is a little bit of a switch again uh so i apologize for the, the rapid transitions here um but it's all good I'm curious when you brought up, um, and, and obviously it, it's been your mantra for some time, but the idea of advancing others to advance yourself, I'm curious what your thoughts are on altruism and if it even truly exists, can we actually have something where we are doing something completely selflessly? Yes, I do believe true altruism exists. It, it does exist, especially those who donate to 
genuine charities doing gen genuine charity work and they don't seek to have their name out there. I'm sure there's plenty of examples out there of people who prefer to remain anonymous. Heck, even the, the lady in that main story I share on almost, I wouldn't say almost every show, but like the main story <laughs> if I wrote the book, like she wanted to remain anonymous because I was actually going to credit her in my dedication for going north because if she didn't dare me that day and push me over the edge, then she, and I probably would have never got as quickly to book number one as I did. Yeah. And she just didn't want her name in there, but she said, I'm glad that you were able to really pull through and do that. And like heck, even <laughs> if, if folks are, if folks hate the Bible, my apologies. But the wonderful Good Samaritan story, the parable of the Good Samaritan, that story that's bit that's probably been taught in church sermons for ages, that parable of the Good Samaritan where the first man saw the man beaten on the side of the road where he ignored them, and then the second man also ignored him, then the third man who saw him and actually checked him into a local hotel and had him basically healed up and bandaged up and left some money behind so that way he would be taken care of. Like, heck, even that story, because even though we know about that story today, that uh, now granted, of course, the Bible is not a perfect book, too. I'm going to say that, too, because especially the English version, because it's yeah. it's been translated in multiple times over different times and a lot of stuff has been taken out. But we don't know that man's name. Right. And hit even though he, he had the means to really help out that person to be the good Samaritan, maybe his name was mentioned, but. It was just probably just taken out. Like there, there's just a couple of those two examples of the fact that true altruism does and can exist, especially nowadays. Like going out to help somebody who can't repay you for no reason, and making sure that you're just grateful to have the means to support other people, especially nowadays where a lot of people are still recovering from the Grim Reaper year. Absolutely, I really appreciate that, and I I, I agree with you. And I think it's um, you, the reason I ask is because I've been asked that. Um, in, in a cynical way, um, when I have also expressed that I feel like it does exist. Um, but I also don't think that that takes away from people who are helping others and it also gives you benefit. It makes you feel good. Like there's nothing, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I don't think that that takes away from altruistic intention or, or anything like that. And don't be worried about, um, you know, talking about the Bible on our show. We Our last guest was a pastor. So I think that you're, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We're just continuing <laughs> on that tradition. No, no problem with that. Um, so uh, as we're kind of getting down to, I have a couple of last questions for you, but I'm curious, um, especially because of your um, your work in and interest in libraries and, and reading, what you feel like technology's role has been in advancing the self um, and, and advancing others. And then also, how do you balance that with um, more traditional means that aren't, aren't digitally? Ah, yes, indeed. Great question, indeed. Probably the best question about libraries I've ever been asked about on a podcast because it's so darn All right. detailed. <laughs> like, yeah. Because <laughs> most folks see that question on whatever page they find it on. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll just ask it or whatever. And if, <laughs> if they actually ask it, but you actually took it to the next level. So good on you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. So with that technology, uh, computer catalogs, being able to find more books that's a generic answer as opposed to the classic card catalog where folks may think that a lot of libraries are still in the 80s with these giant old wooden drawers with cards where you look up a dewey decimal number and try to find a book like that <laughs> we're past that it's gotten to the point now where a lot of libraries are basically being community centers yeah. and heck even one of my favorite library related 
apps of all time is Hoopla, because in certain library systems they allow you to have like 10 checkouts of any piece of content on the app, and everything on there ranges from music albums to ebooks to e audiobooks. Heck, that's how I actually listen to the audiobook The Seven Law Secrets of Success by Joe Vitale. Like, heck, even classic movies, whole music albums, like actual music albums, and also even LinkedIn Learning, formerly known as Lynda.com, having access to those online courses where if you complete them, you get a nice little certificate that you can put on your LinkedIn profile to give you an edge if you're not only looking for a job, but also to keep your network aware of what you're doing to make good use of your time while you're basically learning. And also the fact that providing Wi-Fi at the physical libraries, like even in the Baltimore County area, and I'm pretty sure a couple others too, they expanded the Wi-Fi so that way to reach the parking lot. Because even though the Grim Reaper year happened, folks had to physically distance and all that stuff, we still had to find ways to pivot and still be a good resource for people because a lot of people still had to get work done online and whatnot. So being able to expand the Wi-Fi to cover the whole parking lot so that way folks can pull up their car, park in the parking lot, pull up their laptop, use the Wi-Fi mm -hmm. if they need it, if they don't have it at home. Heck, even before... The Grim Reaper year, we basically had about a good 200 Chromebooks. Then we ordered 200 more because that's another thing, too. Like, high-speed internet has become a necessity thanks to last year with everybody hopping on these virtual Zoom meetings and whatnot. And if folks didn't have Wi-Fi and a laptop, they are basically screwed. So basically having Chromebooks to loan out to people to be able to use for at least three weeks for free to be able to help them at least get somewhat up to speed with what's going on in the world is also another way that technology is really helping folks and just using resources for the good of the people and not in a politician sort of way but for the actual good of the people just helping right. folks who really need it's like hey like tax dollars are being are at work here it's working for you so just wonderful technology to get those chromebooks to loan out expanding the wi-fi oh i also forgot too wi-fi hotspots as well like we started with 40 before covid app like in the middle of covid like i'd say around late summer early fall we secured about a good 200 more so that way if folks weren't able to get their car or whatever and they didn't want to park in the parking lot because it may be a crazy neighborhood. They could take the hotspot home and use the hotspot at home with whatever they have. So technology and the libraries, they're kind of like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It sounds like libraries had to really be extremely adaptable, not just last year, but in thinking of what the needs have been really in the past 20 years. Um, it sounds like they've, they've really found a way to be pretty adaptable. I work on a university's campus, and I would agree that our library serves that same purpose. And our library is actually a, also a public library. And it serves as that community center, like you were saying. So um, it's really, uh, it, it's really encouraging to see them used in that way and them uh, evolve in that way. Um, speaking on books, what are you currently reading? Oh, man. Ah. That's a hard one because I go through 10 books at a time. <laughs> and it's, it's really hard. Uh, let's see. One book I recently finished. It's a book by Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan called Who Not How. That's a wonderful book that I probably recommend others to read, especially in the entrepreneurial space. Because, like, until I'd say late last year, like, my mentor asked me the powerful question, How can I? Hmm. And he left the rest of that question blank for me to fill in. 
And I was able to fill it in later with everything I do today. And then I had like six other questions. That was like a whole 30 to 45 minute keynote speech of how can I stay relevant in my field? How can I add more value to more people in less time? And then I've met this wonderful guy named Douglas Vermeeren, who actually spearheaded a movie, How Thoughts Become Things. And he mentioned how after it's he's actually the he actually coined himself as, as the modern day napoleon hill because he's actually interviewed over 400 high performers around the world wow. from millionaires to billionaires and the billionaires he talked to they mentioned how instead of asking how questions you should ask who questions hmm. like anyone who may know of the guy named grant cardone he likes to say every now and then who's got my money because at the end of the day Money's out there for all of us. It just depends on where you're going to get it from. And some yeah. people have it. And if you're just selling a product, folks are going to exchange that money for that service to, sell, to solve their problem. And just asking not only how questions, but asking who questions. Because networking and just building great relationships with wonderful people is really what's going to get you ahead and have you in a better place. Because, like, heck, even... One example, early in COVID last year, one of my colleagues, she actually drove up all the way to Pennsylvania to actually get supplies because folks in Maryland, they went stark raving mad when <laughs> the early announcement of the COVID and the lockdowns happened. And just sh and she did a Facebook post about it, and I was only to her friend's group. Like, this, that's the power of really just connecting with other people. So Who Not How is a good book that I've been that I just finished recently. Um, there's another one called Workplace Poker, which is pretty interesting. I'd have to say that's similar to like 48 Laws of Power, except from a career standpoint. So if you want to check that out, that's definitely good. Heck, even one more book that I'm going through. Uh, let's see. It's I'm always reading something from John Maxwell. That's the other thing, too. Yeah, so that those are a couple. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm sure both our listeners and myself, I'm, I'm going to check out uh, a few of those also. Um, and then really last question here. Um, what suggestions do you have for others to find bliss in both advancing themselves and advancing others? What suggestions do you have for folks who want to find their bliss, their joy that way? Uh, sure thing. This is also probably another buzzword with authenticity is self-care, like making sure you take care of yourself. Like when you first wake up in the morning, give yourself time yeah. to really be with yourself. Give yourself at least a good five minutes a day of silence because you have to really take care of yourself before you try to take care of the world. Because in order to masterfully serve the multitude, you got to give yourself the gift of solitude. So solitude is one of the things reading. <laughs> that's probably the theme of the whole show yep. is another way to do it. And also encouraging other people, encouraging other people, and also just really just tapping into the power of just listening to voices that will actually help you think on a new level. Think of things that are great, things that are lovely, things that will really bring you that bliss. And also just being able to take care of other people and just remembering that, hey, it's not all about you, it's not all about me, it's really all about helping other people. It's like, yeah, still help yourself, but also remember to help somebody else because like even early in the conversation with altruism, like it's it's really a good feeling when you help somebody else. It's like you're lighting someone else's candle with your own flame and your flame doesn't die down at all. They just get lit up too. So light up the world with solitude, altruism, and reading and listening to the Going North podcast too. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes, I, I would completely concur. And I, I appreciate you bringing up self-care um, because I I believe you're correct in saying that the way through to authenticity is through self-care. We started this podcast talking about introverts and extroverts. And one of the ways that I found out that I was both in different places, that I was an ambivert, was through self-care. Because prior to that, it was all extrovert. And I was not giving myself that time to reconnect with myself and really understand what I needed and to take care of myself. And for me to do that, that really changed that for me. Well, Dom, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have you on today. I'm so excited that you agreed to come on and talk with me and, and to share your wisdom and your positivity and your outlook and ways that we can all advance others and advance ourselves. Dom, uh, you mentioned going uh, going north, but is there are, are there any specific things that you want to plug? Uh, that's really just the main thing, the Going North podcast, because that points to myself and the wonderful authors that I feature every Monday, Thursday, and soon to be Saturday starting in June 2021. So check that out because the aim of the show is to really just spread the love of reading and help authors to get their voices out there and to remind folks that, like, hey, like, and the good thing about the show is it's folks from all walks of life. They're the regular folks with folks who have day jobs doing it as a side hustle, all the way to folks who have become multimillionaire so there's something there for everyone to listen and devour awesome thank you so much um yes please do check out the going north podcast uh, almost 400 episodes already really truly awesome um thank you again dom i really appreciate it and we'll see you next time you can find what's your bliss at anythingbutcredible.com and on all major podcast platforms including apple spotify google and stitcher Please follow on Twitter and Instagram at YourBlissPod and like What's Your Bliss on Facebook. If you have any questions for me or you'd like to be a guest or advertise on the podcast, please email me at YourBlissPodcast at gmail.com. Please check out AnythingButCredible.com to find all of the additional awesome content and podcasts, including Offended, Movie Merge, Going Off Topic, and of course, the Anything But Credible podcast. Mm -hmm.